to have good finances or good financial planning and, and good fitness levels, I think you also need discipline. Maybe that's the most most important thing. Discipline is making sure that you save that money every single month. Discipline is making sure that you just get to the gym every single day or every couple of days. Anyone can save money on months they feel like saving money. Anyone can go to the gym when they feel like going to the gym. Discipline means that you save money even on months where you don't really want to. Hello and welcome to Financial Athletes. In this podcast series, we're going to be exploring the virtues of health and wellness and applying them to financial planning. The series is going to be looking at some of the best practices in health and wellness and seeing how they feed into financial planning in so many ways. In the coming episodes, we're going to be looking at agility, strength, endurance and flexibility and applying those health virtues to financial planning. In today's episode, we're going to be exploring the concept of balance, which is an extremely prevalent word in the world of health and fitness today, but more importantly, something we all seem to seek in our day-to-day lives. Of course, balance means something different to everyone. Some look to prioritize it in their nutrition, their exercise, within their work-life balance, and between family and friends. On this episode, we're going to be discussing this important concept with James Green, who's someone who's really described as an international wealth management heavyweight. Personally, James is a person who's obsessed with the idea of personal motivation, the importance of health and fitness, and driving towards whatever goal it is that has the size to keep you awake at night and get you out of bed early in the morning. James has been recognised for his motivational attributes and was invited to deliver a TED Talk where James spoke on the topic of the importance of time management titled, If You Kill Time, You Murder Success. Outside of work, James is dad to three young boys, he's a huge Chelsea fan and an avid jet setter. So on the topic of balance, I guess the appropriate question to start this conversation is how do you find the time to fit all of these things and these high performance activities in? Morning, Kieran. Yes, it's a difficult question and it's something that needs constant work, I think. For me, getting that balance doesn't come naturally. It really, really doesn't. If I give you an example of where I didn't achieve that balance was probably the last couple of weeks. Um, Flew around the region in June, so visited every single office. Mm -hmm. was just full pelt. It was flight, 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 flight during the week, see the kids at the weekend, and then flight, 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 flight during the week, see the kids. At the end of last week, I was just absolutely exhausted and realised that I actually hadn't been getting that balance. So I guess on one hand, it was good that I had the self-awareness to realise mate, you need a break. Um, but not as good on the other hand, I hadn't realised that a couple of weeks ago that that exhaustion was coming. So I had no kids this weekend just gone. I took a flight on Friday afternoon to the south of France and had two days in the sun. And I just feel amazing this week, completely back to my best again. Energy levels are back where they should be. Um, so in answer to your question, yeah, you just have to Um, I think everyone needs to constantly work at balance to lots of people who are busy in their, you know, their, their working lives or they're busy in their family lives or both. Um, you just really have to work at it. It, You just got to get these little breaks, these little resets in the diary. But yeah, it doesn't come naturally to me. That's for sure. It's taken me a a number of years to get to that stage. And it's probably one of those things that it will, you'll continuously get better at, um, the sort of older you get, the more skills you learn in, in that regard, right? I think so, yeah. I, I always think that, and this is something that I've spoken about before, is to have a keep doing list. Mm-hmm. And that certainly helps. So write down a list of things that just work for you. Everybody's routine is different. Write down the routine that works for you. And if you've got to keep doing this, and for me, it's I just need the odd weekend in the sunshine, chilling out, have it on a keep doing list. 
Mm-hmm. If you feel better after a couple of weeks of doing ginger shots in the morning, for example, stick it on your keep doing list. And then when something comes in... So what's in on the, yours? On I've, got a num- I've got a number of things. For me, my... And you don't forget, your routine has to work for you. Mm-hmm. So you sometimes log on to Instagram and you see you've got to wake up at 4am and you've got to do this and you've got to eat this. It's a lot of rubbish. Your routine has to work for you. If we think about our boss, Nigel, he wakes up at midnight. My good morning message from him this morning was about 12.01. Sometimes it's before midnight. That routine works for him. He knows that if he wakes up then, he gets his workout done, and then he's awake for when Australia start their day, when New Zealand start their day, when the Far East start their day, then the Middle East start their day. That's perfect for him. He goes to bed probably about 6.30, 7 o'clock in the evening. That wouldn't work for me. That'd be a terrible routine for me, but it works for him. My routine is I like to wake up at five o'clock. I like to be in the gym at six o'clock in the morning. It just works for me. I like Mm -hmm. working out in the morning. I find that that's when I'm at my most energetic. I like getting it done and dusted. I tend to make healthier choices once that workout is done. I can never work out after work or very, very rarely. If I really, really push myself... So on Monday, I had to go for a run um, in the evening because I had an early morning meeting. If I have to do it, I will, but I'd rather get it out of the way, get it done. So my keep doing this would be gym at 6am. That just works for me. An early night to bed works for me. So I like to be in bed for 10 o'clock latest. Mm -hmm. That just works for me. So it's having a list of things that work for you somewhere where you can easily go back and go, oh, yeah, yeah forgot about that anything can derail you could be a holiday it could be a night out it could be a busy weekend it should be a bad text message something could be anything yeah literally could, anything could or just message. like getting caught in a train door like i did this morning <laughs> and getting something black on your shirt something you could as get small caught as that. in a train door but if you ever keep doing list you just list somewhere bang right bang get get straight back on track again so i think that helps for balance anyway mm-hmm. i think it was a really good point you made about instagram before because you, you said there's so many people on there that are sharing content about how this is the perfect routine or this is something that everyone should do. And fair enough, those things do work for them. But would you agree that it can be quite unrealistic to look at Instagram all the time because people only post generally themselves at their best and when they're having a really good week. And if you're constantly going on Instagram, you don't really give credit to the fact that, yeah, he's just done a 10K, but maybe last night he was out on the beers. Or they've just got an A on their exam, but you don't hear about the exam that they failed six months ago. If we focus too much on social media, do you think that's an easy way to like lose focus of balance or do you think it's a good way to motivate us or a bit of both? It's a great question. I think it's a bit of both. I think that comparison can be, um, can be good if you're looking at people and let's say you see someone in the gym at 6 o'clock, right, if he's in the gym or she's in the gym at 6am, I can too. Mm-hmm. If you're comparing yourself in a positive light, I think it's good. But I also think it could be a real spiral for people. Instagram, social media is a show reel, isn't it? It's a highlight reel of people's life. They put the good days, they don't put the bad days. A lot of people don't realise that. So when they're comparing themselves to other people and they're getting negged out or depressed by it, that's when I think it can be really, really dangerous. Mm, it can be because you you compare just the best parts of your life and you don't really give credit for the, all the sacrifice that's made before that. So I think people are like, well, I'm putting all, in all this effort And I don't see them putting in the effort, but they're enjoying way more things than I am or vice versa. I found parenting hard for that exact reason. Okay. So look at, look at, I've got three young boys, six, four and two. 
And I'd look at other people with two or three kids and they've got these perfect lives, perfect um, family lives. And I think, bloody hell, why, why is mine not like the weekend? Mm-hmm. Why are they not all sat down quietly eating their breakfast? Where mine eat their breakfast, there's pancakes all over the place. It's just chaos. It's carnage. And that's just another example is if you're comparing yourself to other people's highlight reel, it's just not realistic and that can give you a real spiral. No, absolutely. I think you're, you're spot on, especially with the kids. I mean, I've seen some of your Instagram stories. It does seem like chaos on Saturday morning, but it does but seem a lot of fun as well. I don't mind showing that. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. to show that. This is carnage. This one's being a little brat. This one's being a nightmare today. I'm quite open with, with what I share, but not everybody, of course, is like that. I mean, you, yourself and your dad are pretty high energy people. I would be surprised if the kids were sort of quiet <laughs> And cats. you wouldn't want them any other way, really, no. would you? No, not at all. Okay, so moving into sort of a wealth management direction, because I want to firstly talk about wealth management and and your kind of background in that and then move forward into health and then we'll look at the comparison between how good financial planning can feed into good health and also how good health can feed into good financial planning sure um so where do you see the connection between good health and and robust financial planning when you think about what it takes to achieve both they're actually fairly similar aren't they so let's say i want to sort my finances out Mm-hmm. what are the sort of things I need to do? Well, it's probably best to speak to a professional. It's probably best to get some some guidance from somebody that knows what they're doing. Unless I had, you know, if I'm a normal person, unless I had hours and hours and hours to research what products are best, what the markets are doing, what the best thing to do is. So it's probably best to speak to a professional. It's exactly the same with fitness. If I want to get super fit and super healthy, unless I've got time to research all these different types of nutrition and diets and workouts probably best to speak to a professional. So those two are very, very similar. When you're looking at your finances, I think everybody needs accountability. It's exactly the same as your your fitness, exactly Mm -hmm. the same. To have someone in the background that's encouraging you, driving you, um, giving you a little push when you need it as well. So I don't, um, you know, I don't mind that. I don't mind a little slap from my my coach. He comes in every now and again. James, you've not sent me a picture of your, your food in the evenings for three days. What's going on? I think that accountability is good. To have good finances or good financial planning and, and good fitness levels, I think you also need discipline. And maybe that's the most most important thing. Discipline is making sure that you save that money every single month. Discipline is making sure that you just get to the gym every single day or every couple of days. Anyone can save money on months they feel like saving money. Anyone can go to the gym when they feel like going to the gym. Discipline means that you save money even on months where you don't really want to. Mm -hmm. Discipline means that you go to the gym on days where you don't even want to. So I think they definitely come hand in hand. How do you do that? How do you you go to the gym when you don't want to? What is it? Because you spoke about before your your list of things that get you through. So I presume that's part of what gets you there because you know it's going to make you feel better and you know it's going to get you in there but there are other things that you sort of yeah, get you there it depends on your it. personality type as well so there's there's a fantastic book by somebody called Gretchen Rubin mm-hmm. and it's called The Four Tendencies it's an absolute cracker of a book and she talks about the four different personality types um, one of them is an upholder so an upholder is really good with external and internal expectations that's the sort of person that they're there at 6am at the gym at the gym because they've promised themselves that they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. They're good with that internal accountability. I'm terrible with internal accountability. Absolutely terrible. If I promise myself something, um, the chances of me doing it are, are slim and none. If I've promised other people something and I know they're watching me, I'm doing it no matter what. 
So I think the first step to that is just know how you work best. For me, I have a fitness app. Um, what was the name of the book again? The Four Tendencies. Four Tendencies. So we'll put a link for that book in the bio of this episode so you can click on that and, and find that because that sounds key. So, so you, really you, super. you learn a lot about yourself by reading that about why it is that on the days you don't feel motivated, you don't do it. I, I learned from that that I'm not great with, I'm very, very good with external accountability. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you I'm going to do something, I promise you I'm going to do it. I don't want to let you down. Because you don't like the feeling that someone's then looking at you if you haven't done it. Yeah. And thinking about, oh, he's not going to done it. He said he would. Correct. But if no one's watching me. It's okay. uh, It's okay. Right. Um, So that's just me. So I know that I work best with some sort of personal trainer. Mm -hmm. So I've got a coach. It's all done online. Um, It's £250 a month or something. So very, very affordable. And he loads the workouts into an app. I go into the gym and I tick the workouts off and I know he's watching. So that for me is perfect because that gives me the accountability. But it could just be accountability to a diary. So if I've got something in the diary, I'm accountable to my diary. That's also a really, really good tactic. Mm -hmm. So I know if I've got 6am in the gym, I'm accountable to my diary. I'm not going to let my diary down. That's a person. Um, I'll be there at six o'clock. Like time boxing is a good way for doing this as well, right? Because a lot of people say, oh, in the morning you need to make a list and work through your list, and then that's how you get everything done in the day. But some people will, will sort of flutter around that list. They'll do the first four things, and then it'll get to 5 p.m., Yeah, and then they're done. And you think, oh, we'll do it tomorrow. Time boxing, kind of like you said, if it's in your diary, that hour is dedicated to that. It's not yeah. really dedicated to anything else. You shouldn't be working on anything else in that time. And I think for some people, especially if you're listening to this and you've tried using lists and you're like really struggling to find um, that level of kind of commitment to it, and you're not getting through it, then that's a different strategy. So put your list into your diary hour by hour and see if that helps. I've tried doing that recently. I didn't realise it was called time boxing, mm. but that definitely works. I heard it on Jay Shetty's podcast. His wife was saying it was just, she would always just jump around. So she'd have a list and then she'd do five minutes of one thing, but then an email would come in, she'd hop to something else and then she'd maybe see something on her phone and she and then all of a sudden she's working on five things at once yeah. but only giving 20% of her focus to that task. Yeah. Time boxing allows you to put 100% of your focus into one task which is always going to give you a better result I would, I would guess. I like that. And if you can group together similar tasks and put them in the diary mm. then you're really onto a winner. So let's say I've got three or four recruitment interviews to do. Every task that you do has a setup time. It's got a setup cost. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing a recruitment interview, the setup time is I've got to print the CV off. I've got to get my jacket back on because I probably wouldn't be wearing my jacket during the day. I have to put my desk up. I've got to get the lighting on if it's on Zoom. I've got to get the laptop set up. I've got to get myself in that mental state where I'm going to be interviewing someone. That's knowing what I want to find out about them, knowing the questions, knowing where I want to take the conversation. I'd much, much, much rather do three or four interviews in a row when I've only got to do all of that set up time once than one interview on a Monday, another one in the afternoon, another one on a Tuesday, another one on a Friday. Give me four back to back. Mm-hmm. And it's the same if I'm doing emails. Emails, the desk comes down, the lights come off, jacket probably comes off. Uh, I don't particularly like doing emails, so I probably need a couple of coffees at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'd rather spend an hour doing my emails, get them all done while I'm in that relaxed email state of mind so I think you're exactly right. Do a list, then time box it. If that works for you. If it works for you, and if you can focus and batch mm. similar tasks together, then I think you're really onto a, a winner to be super productive. Same as meal prepping in, in that regard. So if you're going to cook one 
bowl of pasta. And as you say, the prep time for that maybe takes 20 minutes. Yeah. But you could pretty probably add two minutes to that to make five bowls worth. Yeah. Put it in the fridge, Tupperware, done. And washing up. And you've only got to wash up once. Yeah. Or like the dishwasher. Yeah. And you've saved yourself uh, around an hour and a half by bulk doing it. It's the same with what you just said about emails, the same with anything. So that's probably another tactic. If you can group together things and you look, I guess a lot of that comes at the start of the week though, and looking out on your week and thinking, okay, what tasks can I put together? Because if you go into a week without a plan, where do you end up? Yeah. I think the most important day of the week is is a Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks I'm mad mad when I say it, but it's just getting that diary ready. It's knowing what you're going to do at certain times through the week. Just getting yourself organised through the week. Some people, they rock up they rock up on a Monday, then they start planning their week. Nah, you've got to do it on a Sunday. Get yourself ready or whatever the day before is that you start work. And then take all of that to another level. If you can put in tasks in your diary at the time you're likely to do them best. So me, if I'm making my sales calls, that's early in the morning. That's when my energy is rocking and rolling. I've done my gym session. I've come in. Great. Stand up. Get on the phone. Do my sales calls in one go. There's no point me sitting around doing emails in the morning when I've got my most energy. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. absolutely fine. I'm buzzing from the gym. and I've got sat there doing emails. So I think if you can do all of those things, wow, there's some good tips on there for, for real maximum productivity. I think going back to the, again, going back to the point of what you said about what works for me, what can I put on that list that actually works for me? We've probably discussed about five different strategies there. Um, and we're not, of course, we're not professing to be perfect at any of them. I think we both have struggles like every single other person, but it's probably about finding and try trial and error on these things, right? So try, trying the time boxing and does it work for you? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Trying the Sunday night prep, all of these things, and then seeing what actually makes you more productive or makes you happy. Because once you've got that productivity, as we, as we now move into the sort of financial side of the conversation, that's going to often be the thing that motivates you most and gives you that highest sense of satisfaction yeah. that leads you to wanting to do well again tomorrow. Right? Definitely. And then put it into a keep doing list so you know what works for you and mm-hmm. you don't forget about it. So coming back to finance and wealth management and financial planning, let's let's imagine we're, we're at this sort of early stage of financial planning where I think there's probably a growing gap between people who require financial advice and who are not getting it because they're simply maybe reading snippets on the internet and thinking that's sufficient, watching a reel on Instagram, listening to two minutes of a podcast. But going back to the link between fitness, it would kind of be seeing one reel about running, going running twice a week and thinking that's enough. Why are people firstly not investing enough time into their financial planning, but why are they not getting the information they require to sort of give themselves a good grounding and a good base to move forward and build that well-rounded wealth? profile that's where social media is the solution but also the problem isn't it mm-hmm. what's the great thing about social media there's so much information about out there what's the bad thing about social media there's so much information out there and i think sometimes we can just be confused yeah what is right what's right and what's what's wrong so i think actually there's so much information out there that actually sometimes it just confuses us and none and then, of it is fact checked either on like reels, Correct. you can watch something from someone who's professing to be an expert, has no qualifications on any any field, right? Yeah. And then you've got someone who is delivering perhaps expert advice, but their reels aren't as well made. Perhaps they haven't got the marketing skills. It's a bit more boring. Yeah. They're never going to be seen. 
because it's not it's not really hitting the algorithms. And when we get confused with all the information, we're more likely not to, to take do action, to just to do nothing. Yeah, and that's the same with finances and fitness. I think. And I, that doesn't surprise me because I think if you if you spend right, and everyone's guilty of this, not everyone, but majority of people, if you spend twenty minutes watching reels, you're going to cover. You probably watch. 50 if the average one's 20 30 seconds maybe maybe more and your brain is hopped from cooking to skiing to traveling to fitness to health been through every single topic and then you yeah. close your phone and you try and you when when you're watching them you're you're naturally like oh i'll do that i'll do that i'll save that yeah i'll add that to my to-do list or whatever but you don't end up doing it that must be damaging for the brain to hop between so many different yeah. things all the time because then you're like well where do i start yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing with finances and fitness is the start, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That first monthly saving that you have to make towards your future is the hardest for sure. That first gym session with a PT or on your own, if you're training on your own, is the hardest. Second one's pretty tough too. Third one might be tough. But then if you can just keep going, that's when those things become a habit. For sure. And then it's just natural. The monthly saving becomes completely natural because you just get used to it. The 6 a.m. gym session, whilst it might be horrible the first time, just becomes natural. But most people give up on things before it becomes a habit, I would say. What do they say? It takes 30 30 times of doing something. Is it 30 days? 30 days, 30 times to to make a habit. Most people give up before they get to that 30 days, I would say. Mm. And that's why we struggle to create habits is that we, we quit before it but becomes Going, going back to the, the starting bit that you said before then, like when it comes to financial planning, I think so many people want to make a start, but what would you say as someone works in the wealth management industry, what is that first step? Because a lot of people don't even know what that is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd always sit down and speak to somebody first to realise what that first step is for you. Mm-hmm. But then you just got to take action. Great thing about the start is you never have to go back there again. So it's once you've identified what is the right path for you, and that might be speaking to a fitness trainer or it might be finding somebody on social media mm-hmm. that you like and that you trust. That's key, isn't it? You mentioned Jay Shetty earlier and you implemented something that he does. It's probably because you like him. You mm-hmm. like him, you trust him, you can resonate with him maybe. And it's the same with our finances and our fitness. It's finding people that we like and we trust taking their advice but then you just have to realize that there's never a perfect time to start there really isn't there's yeah. never a perfect time you're waiting to, for it, it never comes so. you're always waiting for it there's all yeah but i've got this but i've got this i've got this you know i can't move country right now because i've got this going on you're always going to have something going on you just have to take action realize there's never going to be a perfect time and just commit just go all in it was going back to jay shetty as we'll mention him again there was another example he gave about people starting he said firstly if you're thinking about starting You've already actually started. Yeah. That's one thing. But he said, another thing was he gave like an example of a hotel. He said, imagine anyone who's got to the point at which they've achieved the goal or they, they're like an idol to you or they seem amazing or they've, I don't know, like Wimbledon's just happened of Carlos Alcaraz, right? Every single person in that position who's built the business, won the championship, whatever it is, they were once at the start. Yeah. And he said, imagine you are about to climb a mountain and before you climb the mountain, there's a hotel at the bottom. And that's like base camp. And every single person stays at that hotel for the night before they start the challenge. So when you're starting, imagine you're in that hotel and every single person that you see on social media, on TV or any idol has once stayed at that hotel. And does it make it easier to start them knowing that every single person has been there too? Yeah. It must do, right? Yeah, it's herd mentality, isn't it? For mm. sure. That definitely makes it easier. So, right, let's talk financial planning there because this is re- where we can really squeeze the most out of out of your uh, out of your skill set. 
When it comes to, you know, building that that base and say you've made a start, what are the things that keep people in line after that, in your, in your opinion? What's I mean, the easiest way to not fall off, basically? Accountability helps. Mm. So having someone that's there to encourage you. And it's the same again for fitness and, and finance, whether that's accountability, someone saying, well done, you've just saved £10,000, or well done, you've just done, you know, 10 gym sessions. So accountability definitely helps. Track your progress with anything that you do finance or fitness so if it's your finances track your progress mm-hmm. most people would aim to have three to six months worth of savings in the bank clear the debt then work out what it is that you should be saving every month and track the progress get three months down the line right have i done that have i achieved that okay great what's next tracking your progress is key for anything you do um, making sure that you celebrate your wins along the way i would say that's also key give yourself a pat on the back when you've hit those savings goals or you've hit those fitness goals give yourself a pat on the back but then go again and go harder go harder yeah, yeah. you've always got to be resetting goals haven't you in finances and and fitness set a goal achieve it celebrate it but then make sure you quickly set something else that's exciting if you don't do that that's where people get stale and end up going backwards we've seen it in football you're a football fan so many times where a football player has achieved something haven't set new goals and then they end up sliding back down the down the tables or down the club seen it so many times Always got to set new goals. Find something else that excites you. Should always be chasing something. Still realise that financial planning is a journey and, and a fitness um, regime is a journey. Life's a journey. But definitely find yourself new things to get excited about, I'd say. And do you think once you get to that perspective, uh, not that perspective, that point at which your your financial planning is going to plan and you're rewarding yourself hitting targets, where do you see the benefit for your health that comes from that? Because there must be numerous benefits, right? If you're saving correct amounts of money on your health. No, so your your financial planning is all in order. Yep. You're saving the amount you should be. You're not suffering perhaps from the, the stress of finance because that's a big one that that's I don't think one. people talk about. So, so go into that. I think that's the, the number. It's one of the number one causes of divorce as well, by the way, is, is, really? is people worrying about their finances. I'm sure it's one of the, the top reasons as to why people are stressed. If you can get your finances in order, think about it on a, on a month where you get towards the end of the month and you haven't run out of money, how do you feel? You feel great. You can still do the things that you want to do at the end of the month. It feels pretty great, right? Mm-hmm. Think about a month where you have run out of money. What does the end of the month look like then? Oh, this is not good. I'm stressed out. I can't afford this. I can't afford to do this. So the difference in planning your finances properly on your mental health and stress levels, I think, is enormous. I really, really do. I think it's absolutely huge. I think that's one of the things that, especially in the UK, uh, we've both lived overseas and, uh, you know, people overseas are a little bit more okay to talk about money. But in the UK, there's there's a bit, it's a bit of a taboo. You'd never ask someone, well, some people do, but you'd generally not ask people what they're earning. Yeah. Um, I think in the UK, since I've I've been in London, people like to tell you how much tax they're paying as a as a back end route to doing it, which I've seen from quite a few people. But do you think that's something that people should talk about more? Because it's not something we discuss at school, really. You're never really taught about finance in school. Do you think the UK and maybe other countries need to become a bit more confident in discussing finance? Yeah, you're right. Brits aren't great talking about money. We're very, very good at talking about death, though. So some countries naturally fear death. Mm-hmm. We're actually very good with death. You think about when a celebrity dies, what happens? Within 10 minutes, there's a lot of jokes going around about it. Other countries aren't don't like that. I don't know if that's that. good. But <laughs> I don't know if it's good, no, but we're very, very good at planning for yeah, death. We're open. We're, we're open about it. We're open about it. We take out a will. 
yeah. you take out. Brits are very, very good with life insurance on, on the whole compared to some nationalities. We know that one day we're going to die and we're quite comfortable talking about it and planning what happens after it. Mm. Not all nationalities are like that. Bury their head in the sand. Definitely bury their head in the sand. I used to live in Barcelona. Had um, I lived there twice, had two great years twice, and it was incredible. Uh, and the Spanish are a fantastic bunch, really, really lovely bunch. But they love their weekend. Mm-hmm. You talk to Spanish, and I'm being very, very stereotypical, clearly here, but if, you, if I speak, spoke to my Spanish mates about death, no, 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 we're not, we're not worried about that, James. Mm-hmm. All about this weekend. Yeah. If you plan and save for after death, no, 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 no it's no. all about this weekend. Um, so different nationalities are good at different things. You're exactly right. Brits aren't very good in general about talking about what they earn. They can, and, and the Swiss are the same. The Swiss are very, very private, quite closed. Mm-hmm. Brits are the same, but we are good at, at planning for death and planning after death. How could we get better at that? Um, I'm not trying to like sort of inspire the nation to all sort of have a round table and talk about money. But if it's a stress that we're keeping to ourselves, maybe out of embarrassment, maybe we're just shy because you, you, going back to social media again, we always want to give the image that we're doing well and we want to portray that. And if you're struggling a lot with your financial health and it's bringing you down, but you don't really feel like you can talk to people about it, what's a solution there that might help people kind of bridge that gap yeah so it's a great question teaching it in schools would definitely help making it less of a taboo subject mm-hmm. so that would definitely be a start so starting, it's a tricky one to, to change a country's yeah culture is a really really tough thing to do yeah I, i'm just i'm you know, just sort of thinking off the top of my head of other things i guess you could have some perhaps training from banks for people who's struggling with like depression you have the samaritans perhaps banks could launch something like a financial stress system where there's someone that you can talk to if you're struggling about things. Maybe they should have to. Perhaps it should be regulations. So FCA but input. Yeah. Because yeah. That obviously suicide is the main cause of death for men under 50 in the UK. This has to be a part of that. And, that, you know, the whole topic of the episode is on balance. And if your financial health is struggling, that's going to lead to a lot of damage on your mental health. Yeah. And then that can just spiral you out of control, right? If you're a private dentist or a private doctor, mm-hmm. my understanding is that they have to do a number of hours in the NHS, working in the NHS. Sure. I think that's correct. Don't shoot me if it's not. I wonder if banks should have to do something similar. Maybe banks that give financial advice should have to give a number of um, you know, hours to going into schools and teaching them or going into Pro companies Because I know they do that a lot in law firms in, in law London. law firms as well, correct. Yeah, yeah. That's, quite, that's quite common. Why is there not, there not that in finance? Maybe that would help. I think we're onto something here, so we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely look into that after the episode. So James, just to, to round off, because um, we've been having a good chat here for about half an hour now. In terms of people and what they can do today to really try and seek balance in both their health and their financial planning, just cover over like sort of last three tips that you think would be a really good place to start. If you're feeling a little bit unorganized, or you're feeling a little bit stressed by certain things in life and things are kind of coming down on you a bit, what's a good three points to just get you moving in the right direction and get things where they should be over the next 12 to 18 months? Okay, so first step would be to find someone that can give you professional advice. That's my first tip if anyone's going through anything difficult in life. Talk to someone that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Doreen down the pub, you know, or, or one of your mates. Talk to somebody that can give you proper advice, whether that's advice on fitness, whether that's advice on finance. And I think it's key to just mention on that, it doesn't always come with a cost. Doesn't. Professional advice. No. There's often a 
free, no obligation consultation you can have just to speak to a specialist. Yep. So if anyone's listening, they're thinking, well, how am I supposed to afford professional advice when I'm already struggling financially as it is? You don't have to worry about that. There is help out there. And we will put, again, as I said, we'll put some links in the episode bio that you can click on to arrange a financial review just to get you perhaps moving one step closer to where you should be. Yeah, you need somebody to help you with a plan, don't you? Mm-hmm. With, I mean, that, my first step would be to take proper advice from someone that knows what they're talking about. Just on that, you have to be really careful with um, asking people for opinions because their opinion will be shaped by their own experiences. For sure. So if you speak to somebody that's just lost money in the stock market, they're probably going to tell you not to invest. If you just speak to somebody that's gone just gone through a divorce, they're probably not going to, or they're probably going to tell you not to get married. It might not be the best advice for you. So always have to be careful with who you advise from, mm-hmm. get advice from. So find someone that knows what they're talking about that can give you good advice. Number two would be to then create a plan. So with anything in life, we have to have a plan, whether it's a fitness plan. So I know what days I'm working out. I know what my nutrition is going to be. If it's my finances, it's to know how much I should be saving every month and where I should be putting it. Plan gives us that little bit of, uh, of structure, I think. And then number three is, for me, it would be accountability. Make sure you've got accountability, whether it's telling your goals and your plan to somebody else and them helping you stick to it and you doing the same for them. Just having some sort of accountability. Makes Even if it's someone you don't like, telling them your plan because you're like, oh, I don't like them. They're going to be watching me fail, right? Yeah. That might get you, it, right? You could go for a friend or or someone you, you really don't like to, to motivate you in different ways. But as you say, Definitely. finding that way that motivates you because it's, it's so individual. So individual. And if I can add a fourth, it'll be find a routine that works for you. Mm-hmm. Find a financial plan that works for you. Stick to a gym routine that works for you. It's so, so, so important to get that routine working for you. You can't just copy someone else's routine and try and adapt it. Everybody is different. So those would be my, sorry, you asked for three. Those would be my four four things, if that's all right. James, thanks so much for uh, speaking to us this morning and sharing your wisdom on the various sides of health and financial planning. It's been brilliant. Awesome. Thank you for having me.